Hey guys, another unique episode. I don't know if you've ever heard of Messy Family Project. If you haven't, go check them out, messyfamilyproject.org. A while back, we had Mike Hernan, who is of Messy Family Project, on our show. Uh, you can go to thecatholicmanshow.com and just type in Mike Hernan, and you can find the episode where we talk about raising boys. But not too long ago, uh, the Hernans had the Niles on their podcast to talk about their family, to talk about how they help other families walk with Christ. I thought Pamela and David did a great job, and the Hernans are just so much fun. And so I wanted to share the episode with you. And if you haven't already, you can go check out our book by Ascension Press, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Cheers. Welcome to the Messy Family Podcast. Catholic Conversations on Marriage and Family. Hosted by our parents, Mike Hernan and Alicia Hernan. They're pretty awesome, but they're not experts because family life is really messy. <laughs> Hello, messy families. Welcome to the podcast. It is great that you've chosen to be here with us today. Yes. <clears throat> So, so happy uh, that we can share some exciting stuff with you today. I think we've flown too much because as soon as you said, I'm so glad that you chose to be with us today. I wanted to say- You had many I'm- airlines to choose from. <laughs> I'm serious. That's the first thing I thought of. You have many airlines to choose from. Thank you for choosing us. That's right. I'm like, Please pull show. your seat into the full upright position. Now. We've been traveling a lot, but now we are home for a stretch. I don't know. Three weeks or so before not, we get not, to go out yeah, again. Yeah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> so I know this is a total quick tangent, but I know there we have many focused missionaries listening, but we are actually speakers at oh, yeah. Seek, Seek this in, year. Uh, January. In St. Louis. Yes. So come to our um, impact session that we're going to do on, I forget what we're doing. Parenting something, is a path parenting, behind us, I think. Family, parenting, marriage, something. blah, blah, blah. You know, yes, something. but I know we have lots of focused people who listen and other people because I think anybody yeah, can anybody come, come to, seek. to seek. We would love to see you. Yes. you know, we, we say this a lot, but uh, please, please, please come up and say hi to us. It's so yes. encouraging and it's great to meet you. And since we do a, a podcast, we don't get to meet people a lot. We get a little, we're extroverts and we get a little stir crazy here. <laughs> I mean, she's great to look at by, you know, by all means, but I love seeing other people too. (laughs) And and actually this is our second time, right? So we're going to St. Louis in the beginning of December and then again in January. So St. Louis, that's right. I'm looking for some good St. Louis barbecue. Exactly. Let's let's, let's get it on. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, there is information. Go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of looking at us, that goes right into what we have. Exciting news. You know, we kind of said this last week, but we are recording um, in our new video studio, right? Mm -hmm. So this will be where we're going to record both the podcast and then as we, transition into video we um there are still bumps in the road surprise surprise as we record things so the show that our we, listeners are used to that they so know today's <laughs> show is a little bit um we we probably won't have the full show available on mm-hmm. on youtube but the plan is is that we're in the next week or two we're going to get that changed and we're going to yeah. be going live so yeah we we are teasing this out for you so that you can get ready you know because mm-hmm. I don't know if people are ready to see us. I don't know if we're ready for prime time, you know? But. I'm like, this is going to take a lot more prep on my part. I actually have to like do my hair and put on makeup and stuff. Because the video is I, pretty I'm clear. I'm still just going to be wearing boxers under this because they won't see anything <laughs> uh, below the table. But the video, I'm. we are so excited about the launch of our YouTube, or the relaunch, I should say. Because we have a YouTube channel yeah, right now. Yeah, but right. it's like, yeah, it's not as good. But guys, when you see our new videos going up, it is really exciting. I'm, I am. I think it's going to be great. And we'll also be able to take uh, both, you know, have the full episode available on yes. YouTube, but also make some snippets to make it right. easy for kind of bite size, uh, 
three, five minutes uh, worth of, yep. uh, you know, little, little sharing of episodes and, and ideas and stuff like that. But in addition to that, we've also talked about it, uh, that we have new podcast art. Yep. So the podcast has um, changed its look. Mm-hmm. Uh, on your app. So you'll notice uh, hopefully a fun new picture um, of Alicia and I. And very, very quickly, we will be uh, at a place where new music will be rolling out in the next week or yes. two. too. So, so we do not want that to throw you off. So when you hear the new music, just know it's still the Messy Family Podcast. That's right, right. But it is something new. So that's it. stay tuned, right? Um, but but we do want to take a few moments uh, of your listening uh year uh, for a very important request that you support our ministry. I know a lot of you have come out and support us. We do reach thousands of families, but we don't have thousands of supporters. We have a couple people, a hundred, couple hundred people who have been very kind and generous, which allows us to expand the ability that we have to serve families. And we're, we're serving families throughout the U.S. and obviously throughout the world. And, um, and that number has continued to grow as you have been able to, um, pour in and make an investment in our work, in the work of the Messy Family Project and Serving Families, we've actually been able to expand the number of people we reach, but it's also been able to help us expand the impact we're having, like this new video studio and being able to reach out to people via video, Mm -hmm. uh, but also uh, courses and and formation and communities and different things that we've been able to build uh, and create in order to really strengthen the family. As we've traveled around, we really haven't found very many folks doing what we're doing, right? Yeah. And serving so we Catholic think it's parents in this way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we really would appreciate your support um, to help us uh, to work together to collaborate to strengthen families. And right. there is, I believe, there's no greater investment that we could ever make. And obviously, I'm biased, <laughs> but I do believe that the family is the solution yes. uh, to what's going on in our world and our church and everything mm-hmm. today. Is if we strengthen the family, it. Um, it matters, and and in your investment in the family, uh, really will be used wisely. We're a, we're a small team, but we are a team. Uh, we do have we don't have any offices. We don't have a big overhead, uh, but we really try to reach as many families as possible. Mm-hmm. And you help make that happen. And every gift that you give helps us. So mm-hmm. even if you can give ten dollars, you know, or twenty five dollars, or whatever it is, or five thousand is fine too. Yes, or twenty five thousand. <laughs> It helps us because every gift shows a greater support for our ministry. So when we go and apply for grants or we go and, you know, appeal for larger donations from foundations and things like that to say, we have this many people helping us, you know, no matter what the amount of your gift is, every gift really counts because it shows a broad base of support. So we sit here and, you know, we podcast and we just throw it out there for free to everybody. But when you give to us, then we know that we're having an impact. It's adding value to your life in some way or what you believe is adding value to the family, the families that we're reaching. And it really proves that, you know, that you really value what we're doing by um, any gift, great or small. And we have some amazing thank you gifts that we have put together for for our donors. So let's start with the one that is most uh, seasonally uh, urgent, if you will, right? Advent's coming. I, I, thanks, Thanksgiving is, is pretty close <laughs> for, uh, you know, uh, folks here in the U.S., right? But um, right after Thanksgiving, that Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. Right. And many of you are familiar with our Advent kit that we've done in the past. Well, we've we brought have it back this year. brought it we, back. It was on hiatus last year. But we brought it back and we updated it and added more recipes, 
um, a really fun, actually, puppet show for St. Nicholas, a little puppet <laughs> kit. Mike Mike is like, this puppet kit is going to be the death of me. <laughs> but we did a really, really cute little show that you I should can say, do. I don't know. It looks cute and it is, adorable and cute. kids will love it. I That's agree right. with you. There, there you go. And, um, and as well as some more recipes, some more feast day activities, um, new graphics in the book, the book, the advent book this year is really and, substantial and, and amazing. And, and they've relayed it out. They reoriented it, our, our, our team there. And it's, it's, it right. really looks great. Because I know and my advent book that we use, that is ours. Has been abused. And, and it yeah. has been abused and the pages have come out. So we redid the binding and everything. So you guys are going to love it. So there's that. So that's the first big gift, right? The Advent so. book itself you can get. And the right. whole Advent kit, right. which everything of course you is need, perennial. All the candles and a Jesse tree, or if you just need the essentials, maybe we could make that available Right, because too. if you already have your Jesse tree ornaments, but you're like, ooh, I want that puppet kit and I want the new things they did, you can order that as well. Um, like separately, so you don't have to get the Jesse tree ornaments twice. And, and, and really, again, thinking about um, why I'm saying we're saying that first is because if you want to get it before Advent, you really need to make a donation That's by right. the 18th, That's right. which is this Friday. Right. So, um, or I mean, Advent obviously is four weeks. You can get it, at, and sure. we'll ship it out as soon as we can. But right. if you if you make a donation before. Uh, earlier than Thanksgiving, we'll we'll make sure to get it out to you in advance. But in addition to that, we also, um, in our little focus group of um, young parents, they said two things that they thought would be very attractive. So we started is a fleece that is embroidered with Messy Family, uh, Messy Family Project. It's like a blue heathered uh, fleece. It's mm-hmm. really great. We have a picture of it on the website. Yes. And a <clears throat> Yeti mug. With a, a blue Yeti mug. with oh, it's uh, awesome. It, it looks really, truly awesome. And we look like a real nonprofit. Like we look like a real organization when what? we get this mug. <laughs> you want to be. Well, yes, it, so it, get the mug. When we, when we kind of, uh, I put it out there, I had a couple of people say, oh, this would be a great uh, way to kind of evangelize, bring up a conversation. People look at the mug and say, right. oh, what's that? That's right. Oh, let me tell you. About, That's Not right. just about our organization, but it talks about family. It talks about how we want to be right. authentic in our life. I mean, that one of the reasons we chose our name is we wanted to make it accessible uh, to everybody and attractive, yeah. right? And so by wearing that gear, uh, you know, whether the mug or the fleece or whatever, um, you're going to be able to not only just evangelize about our ministry, but open a conversation about family life. That's right. And isn't that something that's so easy to talk to everybody about? Yeah. Anyway, so uh, check it out at our website, messyfamilyproject.org for the, whether it be the book, the kit, or whether it be the um, the, the, the Yeti uh, tumbler mug uh, or the fleece. Uh, those are all there and available. We also have a digital download uh, for a donation of any amount. If you want the Advent book digitally, any, right. any donation would would get you that um, as a as a thank you for supporting our work. Messyfamilyproject.org slash give. There you go. All right. Okay, so today's uh, topic is uh, from our good friend. So um, I a little over a year ago, I was on the Catholic Man Show and Adam and David- <laughs> Uh, they just become thinking friends. about them makes me laugh. I know they are just one of the the funniest and enjoyable and insightful yes. Yes. Uh, podcasts out there. It's obviously four men, and it, they are they are a blast. And uh, I'm telling you, just go to their website, thecatholicmanshow.com. 
men look at it, you'll be like, yes, I am welcome here. It is awesome. And and, and one of their taglines, you know, cheers to Jesus. Like it's like, it's just like good, good stuff. I love those guys. Um, Anyway, but so um, they had written a book that actually their wives. So the two couples Mm -hmm. wrote this great book. David and Adam wrote a book with their wives called Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Right. So it is more than just for men, even though it's obviously written by the Catholic Man Show guys, but it's really for families. And yeah. it is so simpatico <laughs> yeah. with the message. So I think every one of our listeners would benefit and really, really like this book. And if you should see the book, like on the video, we kind of hold it up. It is like it fits in the palm of your hand. It's, it's short. It's perfect. It's small. It is accessible. It doesn't and it, feel intimidating. It doesn't seem like a all. treatise, like a theological work that you're going to have to be, you know. Right. Substantial right. into, but it, it is chock full of both some great, um, deep insights, inspiration, mm-hmm. as well as some very practical ways to make this alive in your home. So you really want to take a, a listen to this this show and maybe consider getting the book because uh, yep. we did. We thought it was great yep. and we Absolutely. really enjoyed it. Uh, Living Beyond Sunday, making your uh, home a holy place. So uh, we'll jump in right now to the conversation. We only had. Um, one of the couples join us because it might be a little crazy having all six of us on the yeah. show, but, <laughs> but, but jump into the conversation we had with David and Pamela Niles. All right. So we are very, very excited uh, with our special guests today, David and Pamela Niles. Um, you guys, uh, we, we met David, uh, you and I and, and Adam on the Catholic Man Show um, a little over a year ago. And we are so excited to have you a part of the program here today. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're really excited. Uh, we've been on a few podcasts, but uh, Pamela was telling me today that this this is the one she's been most excited yeah, about. This is yeah. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> we've been listening to you guys for a long time. Oh, thank you. And you know, we are like we were chatting before we hit record, but. We're very discombobulated over here. So I'm so glad <laughs> you guys are flexible and awesome and jumping up. Right. This is family life. When you have a ministry and a family, you just got to roll with it. So that's right. I, I don't even have to explain that to you, Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, yeah. Why don't we start a little bit with the, the two of you? I know you wrote this. It, there, we have half of the foursome that help right. uh, contribute to the book we're going to be talking about. Why don't right. we start a little bit with with you all? Um, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit of how you two met. You know, It's kind of like our vocation story and then how many kids you have and where you are right now. Sure. Um, well, I'm a cradle Catholic and um, I've lived here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma for most of my life. And... I'm kind of just like the slow and steady growth in my faith is kind of, you know, my spirituality, I suppose. Um, And David actually also grew up here in Broken Arrow and we went to the same parish and our parents were friends. And so we kind of knew each other. Our parents actually were both involved with NFP in different ways. And so we'd go to their house for like an NFP envelope stuffing pool party, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this crowd might. It's a rager. That. It's a rager. Yeah. You guys really yeah. had a party, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, we like kind of knew each other growing up, and he mm-hmm. was friends with my brother, um, actually. And yeah, her then, brother and I went to went to kindergarten together. Yeah. So the Niles family was always familiar to us, and then um, after after college, David was working. I just finished uh, grad school. We kind of met again through the Catholic young adult group here in Tulsa. And, um, 
you know, David more Con- mature than when your brother knew him in kindergarten. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. And after David's college years and, you know, stuff and, and he had called <laughs> and stuff, me, yeah. <laughs> and, stuff. Yeah. and he had called me and said, hi, can you tell me what time Bible study is? And I, you know, told my roommates, like, he wanted to know what Bible study was like, you think that's all he wanted? <laughs> okay. David, true confessions. Was that, was that, that was your pickup line there is the, the Bible study comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it works. You know? Okay. You uh, do any Bible studies lately? Uh, so yeah. Um, Very good. So, yeah, yeah, nine months later, literally nine months later, we were married. Uh, nine months and one day after that, we had our, our first daughter was born. Um, we just had our fifth child recently. Um, so we have a, a seven-year-old. Um, within our second turned six today. Today's mm-hmm. her birthday. Happy birthday, Mary. Um, and we have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a two-month-old. All right. So you guys, so it's have- it's it's very messy around here, you know. But, but it's great. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for being on brand there. That's us. Exactly. But but it sounds a very full, fun house. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I've oh, met yeah. a number of your kids, all of them, but they, they they are they are beautiful kids. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. You make so beautiful you, babies. So yeah. you wrote this book with Adam and Haley. And have you and Adam been friends uh-huh. for a long time, David? Or what's the story? How there? far apart did because yeah. I know this answer? How far apart did you actually live from each other? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So I, we just moved, and up until just three weeks ago, we were across the street from each other. Uh, you know, it, it was a, a sand wedge, maybe uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> far apart. Um, so we met in kindergarten, actually. So in, in kindergarten, that class was me, Adam, and then Pamela's brother, who's now Father Sean O'Brien. We were all in that same class together. Um, and so Adam and I, we, we've been basically best friends ever since then. Um, we grew up in the same neighborhood. Um, then after college, we moved in together, um, which was really a pivotal thing um, in our in our in both of our faith lives, just because uh, both of us did similar things. I think it's, you know, like, kind of sadly common in college. We stopped practicing the faith. Um, and so afterwards we decided, Hey, like let's start going to church again. Um, and the fact that we were doing it together, right. That our, the friendship that we had really reinforced that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, uh, we kind of, we came back to the faith together. Um, and so we just both, I, I've been incredibly blessed to have a, a friend like him in my life who's, uh, you know, had uh, mostly a positive impact. Mostly. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And to yeah, be able to write yeah. a book together too, that's, I'm sure that could be a real test of friendship. So the book that we have here <laughs> is uh, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. And I just, I love that the four of you did it together, you know, because I mean, that's, I mean, obviously you, you have your own podcast mm-hmm. that you do together. But to writing a book with all four of you, I mean, now just real quick, obviously we want to get into the book itself, but how did you, because I was reading the book, I was kept wondering, <laughs> what, like, you know, yeah, among, I see some reference uh, to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how did that work? Yeah, that was, that was hard, didn't you think? It was hard because you kind of want to be anonymous, but like, you want to share a story. So like, how do you do that? So in the book, yeah, it's kind of like Adam, and then it has his quote. And I think he has most of the quotes. I don't know 
I don't know, but your, yeah. your dad's got a quote in there. Yeah, my dad. Has <laughs> yeah, and it was like when you say when you want to say something about like yourself, do you say these authors believe? You know, like <laughs> what do you? How do you even <laughs> refer to yourself in the first in? person when there's four yeah. of you? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was a challenge. Um, it was it was good and more challenging. I think in some ways having four authors. Obviously, the good things are that we're gonna um, get more perspectives, right? Um, like Adam and I were, would never have attempted to write a book on the domestic church without our wives, right? Because smart. they're yeah. so pivotal. Yeah. I mean, and influential, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, Adam and I wrote the chapter on fatherhood. Pamela and Haley wrote the chapter on motherhood. And then, so we would kind of just... We kind of split up the chapters. Split it up that way, um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. share the actual writing load. But then like, you know, through the editing process, it was like, well, did I write that? Or did someone else write that? And I kind of want to change that all, you know, are they going to be upset about that? We're still going to be friends if I change this paragraph. You know. (laughs) Well, that's what I mean about like the test of friendship, but I'm sure you all came out unscathed. And you know what? And I have to say, I've read it. Oh, yeah. I've read enough of it to see. I think that you guys did that really well because I did read the chapter where your dad shared something um, and like where it says Mm -hmm. like Adam and like these stories or whatever. So it really does feel Uh very seamless. And so it's, I, I was very impressive uh-huh. the way that okay, you guys, yeah. and I, the way you all did that, the way Ascension did it. Thank sure you. Editors were really helping you a lot. Yes, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The big shout out to Ascension. They really were great to work with. Uh-huh, definitely. Uh, so before we get into the content, uh, maybe the, the motivation, you know, what, yeah. what, what really sparked, I mean, cause again, you had the Catholic man show that you and Adam were doing, right? Uh, you would think that you would write like a man book or something, but right? you did a home book. Yeah. And- so what, what, what prompted that? What did you see? Yeah. What did you feel? What was, what was leading you, I guess, as you, uh, felt compelled to write this book? Yeah. So, um, I don't know if the Lord has ever tricked you into doing anything. Um, but, uh, that's, <laughs> that's like, like this ministry. That's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we started off where Maybe we were coaxing, not tricking. Okay. Yeah. That's, that sounds better. Uh, God doesn't trick us. <laughs> He's so nice. Um, it started off where we were writing articles for a, a local, the diocesan magazine here in the diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma. Um, and so we were just publishing these, you know, one, one a month on, uh, this we were doing a series on the domestic church, so it kind of started that way, and then we thought like, hey, let's put these together as like an ebook. You know, it'll yes. be we won't have to do any work that they're, they're already written. You know, uh, this will be great. And then uh, I think we mentioned it on the podcast, and someone from Ascension reached out to us that hey, we'd love to publish it. And we're like, oh, this is going to be cool. You know, like our little ebook is going to be published by Ascension, and then like we realized, well. I'd like to expand to like this article. Like, yeah. And so anyway, it 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 slowly became a bigger project, which is good because I think that if you had just come to me and said, "Hey, I'd like you to write a book on the domestic church," I I would have said, "You know what? I've got other things going on. I'm just, you know like that's just not top of my priorities." But um, <laughs> it really was a blessing to write. Um, you know, just like when you teach something, and I'm sure you guys do this all the time when you you know, covers a, a subject on your podcast, like you're kind of forced to really learn about it. And not that you didn't know about it already, but you know, you've never really pondered some of these things, some of the basic things in life that you do every day that actually have a tremendous significance in your own spiritual growth um, and, and just the way you view your vocation. So mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of those moments like that throughout writing it, but um 
that's that's kind of how we got started. It was a smaller project that, uh, by the Lord's guiding, uh, grew into a, a a book. This cute little book. Yeah, <laughs> and also too, it is really cute, and it's it's a great size, and it feels really yeah. nice and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So it feels very manageable, you know, like for someone who is running a. Mm-hmm a little Catholic home or a big Catholic home, you know, to pick up this uh-huh. book, it does feel like, Oh, I can read this. this is you know, it's right? very accessible. Yeah. Yeah. You could read a whole chapter in like eight minutes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. perfect. That's perfect. All right. So what's the big takeaway? Yeah. So, so people are going to pick this book up. They're trying to live beyond Sunday. I mean, to right. me, that says very clearly, you know, we all know that we can't rely on the fact that we're going to pass on the faith to our kids simply by going to church on Sunday. Right. And that there's so much more mm-hmm. to our life as Catholics. But what's the kind of the, the, the overarching thesis uh, of the book? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a big question. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are there are two parts of your life. The times that you're in mass and the times that you're getting back to mass. I think did mm-hmm. did our bishop say that? Yeah. Adam said that the other day and I thought, oh, that's good, you know, but really that's true. So in mass, we're doing the liturgy, you know, the things prescribed by the church to bring us closer to God, you know, the sacraments and stuff. And so outside of mass, we should still be thinking about those things and how can we do that in our home? And um, to me, I would say one of the biggest things about this book that I would love people to really adopt is to just make holiness a regular thing, topic of conversation. You know, you look around the house, nothing is like, oh, there's a cross on the wall or crucifix, you know, but like, of course, there's one in every room, you know, Um, to just make it regular, talking about the saints, talking about sin, talking about death, talking about, you know, different holidays or traditions or um, sacraments. Um, So I think for me, that's like the big thing. And also in the beginning, it was like, well, another liturgical living book, you know, like there are plenty out there from people who know a lot more than we do. You know, um, a, lot but, of, a lot of really great books on liturgical living. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like why would we even try to compete with that? But I think, yeah, we have some pieces in our book about liturgical living, of course, because that's a big part of, you know, the church and the seasons and, and domestic life. Yeah. And domestic life. Um, but on top of that, we have layers about relationships within the home and um, serving one another and the language of the home and just more of a whole picture of the house and like then going in to all the rooms and what does everything look like mm-hmm. kind of work together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I really was, brings another dimension. Yeah. Like when you were saying um, about like prayer and talking about saints and all of those things, I was thinking in my mind, but this book is so much more than that, you know, because really it's about all of the living, you know, it's not just your spiritual life of your home, but I found even just looking at this, yes, it's incorporating that into your life, but also recognizing that holiness comes not just through our prayer, but holiness comes through our relationships. Holiness comes through our, our marriage and working through the rough edges of our personalities and our pet peeves, you know, and, and of course, children yeah. <laughs> and children, they, they don't just like work those things out. They're like cutting them off, you know, <laughs> 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 over here, talking about learning about self-sacrifice, you know, and all of that, you know, that's where the growth of holiness comes from. And I feel like you, in your talking about the relationships within the home, you know, it's a very, it's a very nice package that you have here in the book because 
That's the reality. A holistic approach. It. Yes, yeah. it's a holistic approach because there's plenty of people who may pray, but if they treat their spouse badly or they don't have peace within their relationships with their children, they're not going to transmit that faith to their kids. Like that's such an important part of right. you know our life as Catholics, you know, as people. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And I just I like kind of what Pamela was saying about having holiness be an ordinary thing. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted it, I wanted people to know that this is something that you can do. This is not, you know, this big overwhelming task about, oh, I have to try to be like a perfect, uh, you know, parent, like I see on Catholic Instagram, you know, I'm never going to be able to be, it's like, no, it's, it's not that at all. Um, this is like just regular, ordinary things that, um, that, often are very easy where you can make a little tiny change the way to way something you're already doing. And all of a sudden it's, uh, this, you know, beautiful example of living out the faith. You know, you, you thought you're driving to soccer practice, but now instead you're, you know, praying the rosary or singing scripture. Singing, yeah. Singing yeah, <laughs> scripture. I mean, whatever it is, um, there's not like, Oh, if, you know, if you're doing it, that you need to do this this way. Right. I mean, there's, you need to make it work so that it's just kind of like a natural fit for your family life already, but um, it's that's what we wanted. We wanted it to be really for everybody. That's so great. Well, and and also too, like just the the idea that you give some of the deeper meaning, the deeper rationale, that kind of the, the theology of sort of the home, but you also make it very practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe just kind of going into some of the practical stuff. So as we're trying to say, we're living um, out a a our, our Sunday. You know, we're using that it throughout the mm-hmm. home. Um, you know, what are some practical ways um, to really build and cultivate a, a prayer life, you know, first within your your marriage, um, as well as then within your family life as a whole? What are some very, you know, substantial reasons and, and, and practical ways uh, that folks can do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm glad you uh, you started here because really, I think that uh, your prayer life is it's the most important. No matter, like if you don't get the if you don't get this right, then anything else you do is going to be kind of a waste of time. Okay, um, there's a, a saying, is an old saying in the church that you cannot give what you do not have. So if um, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you're not going to be able to give anybody a relationship with Christ. And I'm thinking primarily about you know me, my children. I my number one job before I die or before my children get any older is to make sure that I teach them about Christ, mm-hmm. encourage them and help them grow in that relationship as they grow in the capacity for relationship as they get older, that that is something that's cultivated um, so that they are the people God made them to be, right? Because they are, these children, you know, I call them my children, really they're his children first. Um, yeah. And I'm like the steward of these children. And so I'm stewarding these souls. I need to be stewarding them in a way that um, ra- is raising his children, right? So if you don't have your own prayer life, then I don't, I don't know why you would expect your children to ever have a prayer life. Um, so if it, it comes, I think, especially with fathers, yes. dads have to set the tone of prayer in the house. Um, so I, I was first inspired to do this listening to um, St. John Paul II's own testimony about his childhood, where the first, his first witness to the priesthood and to the importance of the faith was watching and seeing his father every day on his knees in mm-hmm. prayer, and just the, um, the 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 witness that that was to him. 
And, you know, I'm sitting here realizing I'm a father. Do my children ever see me on my knees? Um, right. And a couple of years ago, I did, I did Exodus 90. Um, for people who don't know what that is, it's a, a 90 day program specifically for men where you, you basically do a lot of fasting and, um, uh, but it, you know, it prepares you hopefully coming into having this beautiful Easter. It's an incredible program. You should look it up. One of the things is that you have to have at least a minimum of 20 minutes of silent contemplative prayer a day. When I did that, it totally changed my life because um, I realized the th- there were many things lacking in my own prayer life. Um, I was saying a lot of prayers every day, but I wasn't actually like praying. I wasn't spending time with the Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of checking a box with these prayers, even though I had good intentions. You know, it's not like I was trying to be lackadaisical in my prayer life. I just didn't know I was missing this incredible gem. Um, and so, you know, as I started to develop this deeper and deeper relationship with him in that, in those just 20 minutes of, of quiet prayer, it became so valuable to me. I wanted to figure out how do I pass this on to my children? Right. I, I can't just give my children my prayer life. Okay. My relationship with Christ, I just, I just can't do that. Um, and so what, what I have done is um, when our kids get confirmed, which we, we've done the restored order. So, you know, they take, they get first communion and confirmation at the same time. Right. Um, that's when I say, okay, all right, you're confirmed. I, now I want you to pray every day, just like I do. And because they've seen me do it, you know, every day when they come down from you know, they come out of their room in the morning. The first thing they see is dad at prayer. Cause I want to make sure I get up early um, to lift up the family in prayer before, before they get up, right. Before they have a chance to do anything wrong. I want to make sure I've prayed for them. Um, and so because she had seen that, I, I think that witness, she really received that with joy. So I said, all right, you're seven, you're seven years old. I want you to pray for seven minutes every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's um, a good know, idea. Get up, yeah, go to the okay. bathroom, change, mm-hmm. and then pray. Yeah. So, um, that, and to me that that's just so important because I don't actually care, um, if at the end of their life, they know how to do math. I want them to know how to do math, but um, what I really care about is, do they know Christ? Do they have a relationship with Christ and his church? Um, I want them to be holy before they're smart. You know, I mean, I want both. I want want to be both smart and holy, but, um, if I, that's your priority to me, I I feel like we have a, t- yeah, we have a tendency That's to right. put like, oh, if they can't read, then what, a-, you know, it's like, yeah, well, kids need, they should learn to read. But what about the faith? What about their mm-hmm. own spiritual lives? I mean, are we cultivating those with the same priority? Right. Mm-hmm. So, and also I was thinking that when you are praying, when you take that time to pray, it's an example for your children. And that's also where you can be filled up to love them. You know, and because in your prayer, mm-hmm. if you're teaching right. them, and I'm sure you don't do this, but it's like if you're yelling at your child to pray and they're not feeling loved by you, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not right. either. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like for them to see you, but then also for you to say, Lord, because some kids, like, you know, kids don't usually listen to the podcast, but parents know some kids are easier to love than others, right? Some kids are easier to parent than others. You know, I mean, that's just the reality of it. And so to be able to say, Lord, give me the grace to love all of my children with the love that you have for them. So I can Mm -hmm. teach them how to pray and I can teach them that they're loved. Like really prayer is so absolutely Mm -hmm. essential um, for parents. And so I'm so glad that that's the first thing that you said, because I would totally agree, like for many, many reasons. (laughs) 
So how about you, Pam? How do you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, really for all the reasons. <laughs> I mean, because for moms, like their times to pray is sometimes can look a little different, especially with babies. But I have a lot of moms asking us, how do you make time to pray? What does your prayer look like? Yeah, it is really hard. Um, so uh, like we said earlier, we have a two month old and after David had done Exodus 90, he really said, Pamela, you should like, when do you pray? And he'd been asking me more about my, you know, personal prayer life. And it's like, yeah, I just, you know, I don't have time to like kneel down for 20 minutes, you know, whatever. And, right. and he kept encouraging me. And so last Advent, I thought, you know, I mean, and I would pray, you know, I usually get a whole rosary in every day, you know, do my best and stuff. And so last Advent, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to wake up at this time, you know, got to get up before the kids. And um, so I started just like reading um, a book, a few minutes, like five to 10 minutes of a book and trying to do five to 10 minutes of silent prayer. And then I kind of did work it up to about 20 minutes of silent prayer and um, a few minutes of, you know, scripted prayers, you know, my mother praying for my godchildren and all those things. Um, and so that was going really good. And then, you know, you have a baby and it's like, well, I don't know when I'm going to wake up and oh, now I need to sleep in and stuff. Um, so I've been trying to get back into the routine and then we moved and it's really been crazy, but you just really have to be dedicated to getting up at the same time every day, um, which would be earlier than the children. And, and then when they do, you know, come in and interrupt and, oh, so-and-so is wearing my dress and it doesn't fit them. It's my dress. Well, that's okay. Would you, would you, would you like to finish my prayers with me? I, I usually invite them to be with me. Otherwise, like I'm totally done, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so they know some of the prayers that I do. Um, and so we'll say it out loud. And sometimes I'll even just kind of do, you know, I'll read the daily readings usually with them if they join me. And then I'll even okay, why don't we just close our eyes and we just read the gospel. Like, let's think about Jesus. What if we were right there, you know, at his feet? Like, would you ask him anything or, nice. you know, and I just kind of do a guided meditation, maybe, you know, um, just to model how you might pray contemplatively Ooh. or how I do anyway, you know, <laughs> if, not that there's a particular right or wrong way to pray, but mm. so when I really get in a, in a cramped time, I will invite them to pray with me. And, and David doesn't, he's working from home. So that's really nice. We see him around, you know, all the, throughout the day, but he doesn't often eat lunch with us necessarily. And so we, at our meal prayers, if dad's not here, we always pray for dad. Right. I think it's really important that your kids know that you pray for one another. We pray for, you know, all of the children. And then we also pray for mom and dad. Um, So for, Oh, probably like five years we've added that in, you know, bless the cooks, bless the bishop, and bless dad. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. a habit now. And so we definitely pray for dad. Um, right. Right. So yeah, not only seeing us pray individually, but pray together. Um, yeah. makes me want to show up late other. to lunch just so you know I get an extra prayer in. <laughs> <you know. laughs> well, you know, when um I always think about those seasons of life, especially which moms go through a lot, um, having babies and, you know, different schedules and all of that. And that's when I always think of the scripture, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect in that God doesn't want us to be, to really literally be perfect or else that's it, you know, but that we're always striving to kind of like keep that true North, 
You know what I mean? It's like, hey, it's okay if I can't do it today or mm-hmm. this week or whatever, because I'm totally sleep deprived, you know, mm-hmm. but but to kind of keep getting back that to kind of keep, okay, no, I got it. I got to keep striving mm-hmm. for that perfection. You know, I'll put that in quotes, like perfection. Right. Well, but just the, to knowing that the Lord's like, you're never done, you know, and it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Life is long. Right. Yeah. And I've, and I feel like, you know, I, in my vocation, have more opportunity to pray like a little bit here, a little bit there, mm-hmm. a little bit here, whereas David doesn't necessarily have the opportunity to stop and pray the Angelus, you know, or stop. Oh, it's three o'clock. Let's, you know, do the Divine Mercy Chaplet or we're in the car. So let's pray. Um, another thing that I've been able to do along with the kids, like join me, children, you know, is to go to daily mass. We try to get to daily mass a couple times a week. Um, you know, and that's the best prayer we could do. So I totally a win, you know, and David can't necessarily go to mass all the time. Um, but not at, you know. at least not at eight 30 when you go. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I think that's also a really big, uh, source of grace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, but it also too, it, it really does. I think oh it, yeah. Sorry. I'm going to say something. Yeah. So, you know, but it, it does speak to the differences between kind of spiritual motherhood and spiritual fatherhood, you know, and that, that there is a, there is a little bit different, both a rhythm in, in the life of uh, a man and a woman. Uh, but it's also like, there is men, we, we think in blocks of time. Like I can, I, I put it on my calendar, right. And <laughs> Alicia's like, uh, that doesn't work because the kids might interrupt here or I've got to run over here and I'm, I'm shuttling over there or whatever. And uh-huh. for me, if I don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my time, you know what I mean? And so it, it, knowing that Alicia would always have some prayer books with her, that she would, when she was waiting for a kid or picking somebody up or doing something that right. she was always ready to pray. And I'm like, I'm like I ready don't to think pray I, at any moment, you know, like, I don't, it's right although there. I think that's a beautiful thing. I don't, I don't know if that would work for Can me. Can I squeeze a decade in? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, that doesn't work for me either. I'm exactly the same way. It's like if it's not on the calendar, it's just not going to happen. If it's not scheduled and planned, or then- also if you can't do a whole rosary at one sitting, let's wait. And I'm like, well, we can do most of it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that is kind of my temperament. Well, we don't have time for we don't have time for a rosary. Yeah. She's like, well, we can do half of one. It's like, I just well, always thought that was you, not necessarily like a man and a woman thing, but yeah, I like, think maybe well, it is. I, I guess I, I think there is something. Half, <laughs> think about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. all right, so t- taking prayer then, um, so that's, that's kind of you soaking that in and then it, you really kind of bled into, um, the idea of bringing the kids into it. Yeah. Uh, l- let's talk about the home. Let's, you know, like, what can we do to make our home? You know, <clears throat> the, the, the church and, and we, we often hear the term domestic church and people are like, what are we supposed to look like a parish? What, what do you mean? Like where was physical structure? Well, what does that <laughs> look like to create a home that's really conducive to prayer or, or are there physical things we can do? We talked about crucifixes on the wall. Uh, but, but, you know, like maybe the whole idea of a prayer altar or a home altar or things like that. What, what do you, mm-hmm. what do you guys suggest or recommend or well, instead of couches, why don't you get some pews? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, we, uh, well, again, like we said, we just moved and we're trying to we kind of have a conundrum of where our family prayer space should be. Mm-hmm. And at our other house, we were all, all the bedrooms were upstairs. So we had kind of a central, uh, you know, when we prayed for bedtime for the kids, we would pray at our family altar. When David and I would pray as a couple, we'd pray at the family altar. But now it's like, well, do we have an upstairs one and a downstairs one? Um, 
But at our family altar, we have a, a pray do, which is, you know, a little kneeler. So it's conducive for kneeling, you know, a, a good prayer posture. Um, along with that, you know, we have candles there, which, you know, the kids really like, and especially during Advent with the candle snuffer, you know, and all those things. Um, but just religious art around the home. Yes. Um, I think something that is also overlooked with being a holy home is to have a neat and tidy home, an yeah. orderly home ordered towards um, the service of one another, respecting the things in your home, which, you know, is something I know I could definitely work on and we could all work <laughs> on, but hopefully we're all trying. You know? Yeah. Well, that, that doesn't mean that your house never gets messy, but, right, you know, yeah. but that you have an order towards Dealing with the mess, right. you know. That, Talk about that. You know, why, you guys are you, big, like Montessori people, right? Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And Let's so, like, everything has everything has a place, and let's put it in its place. So, right. um, why? But why? Do our best. Talk into the orderliness. Talk into why that's important. I mean, one, there, there's sanity in it, um, but but particularly thinking about your mm -hmm. home and what it means for your family. <laughs> what what is what does that bring, or, or why is that important? Yeah, so I, I think that order is re is really the word for the domestic church. Um, I mean, aside from charity, of course, like everything is really charity in the end. All virtues are charity, but um, order is, I think, the the most the most proximate thing that we that we should be striving for when you think about the activities of the home, the activities of the domestic church. Um, and I say that because um, everything, every person, every relationship needs to fall into this order. What I mean is that the husband and the wife, this is the primary relationship in the home. Right. If you don't get that right, then you will introduce disorder. The, the, the parent to child relationship is not the most important relationship. Okay. They're only here because of the parent, the, the relationship between the husband and the wife. Right, right. Um, and so her dad, this is one of the quotes in the book. Her dad is this funny saying he, he likes is that he's, he used to tell her, Pamela and his kids like, look, I chose her. You guys just showed up later. It's funny, but also that, <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. You know? So um, if you, if a couple starts valuing the relationship with their child, you're now inter introducing disorder. And if there's disorder at a higher level, it will flow down to every single level and it will, it will introduce chaos into the home. Um, and so I do think when it comes to like the house themselves, one thing that we need to really think about is when you're, if you're moving, if you're looking for a new house, you know, all right, you're looking for a house with the, oh, you want the kitchen and the laundry room and you don't want like, a, you're looking for these functional spaces. Um, but one thing that I think isn't and doesn't make it on the list of, you know, things you're looking for is how does this house, the layout of this house, how does it facilitate our prayer life? Yeah. Um, for instance, you know, like, do you, is there a good place for a family oratory, so um, a, a prayer, a prayer <laughs> altar? Well, we've got, the thing is we've got a number of places, yes. right? We just are trying to options. decide. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, where is it going to be? We, we don't even know like where we're going to put the bookshelves yet. You know, but, <laughs> um, so, but to think about, yeah, to think about those things, because really the house is sacred. The house itself is a, the building is sacred. The word sacred means to set apart. And that's exactly what your house is doing to your family. You know, there is this domestic church, this uh, institution called the family, and they reside in 
they're exclusive, right? They don't live just like, they're not just part of the outside, right? They have this house that says, once you move beyond these walls, you're, you're now in a different space, a space set apart for this family. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're, it's not holy in the same way as like the Eucharist is holy, but it is sacred um, for a sacred, a sacred thing, namely the rearing of our children. Um, so I, I think that we need to actually give more thought to, especially if you're moving, um, does this house have a place where we can pray together as a family? Do, how does it serve those needs as well as the other needs of, yeah. of family no, but it's part, life? It's but part I, of our I, life. I think that that is important. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that that's really key because the more that we just understand holiness is set apart, it looks different. It feels different. It operates different. We should be holy families, right? We should be set apart. We should look different. So how does our home reflect that? How do we find places in our home to say, this is different? You know, in a, in a, a, a thoroughly Catholic home, these are maybe it looks different in everyone's home, but there's place, there's a space that is set apart, that you make it sacred, that you set it apart. And I think there's, it's kind of nice because yeah, at church, the priest, the, the bishop, you know, has, you know, um, blessed the altar, has, anoint, you know, consecrated the right. space. And mm-hmm. by our own actions, that's kind of what we're doing. We're, we're setting something apart, setting mm-hmm. something in a space where it's a, yeah, we're setting this family apart by saying here in our home, these are places where we pray. This is not that you can't pray everywhere, but that there is something mm-hmm. powerful. And that's something that I learned right. early on just about having a prayer time is that you, just for humans, we need a place to pray that it makes it much more mm-hmm. likely and much more conducive to prayer when you have that space set apart. So, right. Yeah. Right. I would also highly encourage people not to put a television. This might seem a little extreme. I'm okay with that. <laughs> not to put a television in their living room. Yeah. Um, one of the things we do in the book is we go through the, the actual rooms in the house and kind of discuss them, what they're ordered towards, how they, you know, how, how they exemplify, uh, like that Christ's redeeming action on the cross, which is, you know, kind of an interesting <laughs> thing to think about, but you get to the living room and the living room is unique because it's the only, only room in the house, not ordered towards a biological function of, of, of life. Um, it's the only room ordered towards the person, not towards a need of the person. It's not, to, not towards eating or shelter or, you know, like all the other, like all the other rooms are. Um, it, the living room says that the family and living and just living together is so good that we're going to make a whole room where all you do is just be together. That's the point of the living room. Um, and I have nothing against television, but when you have a television in the room, all of a sudden your furniture gets, it all points towards the television. It's not, you know, it just, uh, changes the nature of the room. Uh, hopefully you have a fireplace. You can point the, you can point the furniture towards the fireplace. That's way better. You know? <laughs> no, I love that. We were actually at a, a friend's house when they had a TV, but they actually had artwork that was actually a cabinet that they closed it up. And so yeah, you that's nice, a beautiful though. piece of art. And then if you wanted the TV, it came out, but it wasn't uh, right. present. Right. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. My sister has this television. Do you remember what it's called? It's a framed TV. A framed right? TV. I don't know. It's it's incredible because they have all this sacred art and the, that they can like rotate depending on um, it's in like, like a picture frame. And it, it, it just looks like a picture. That's it looks like a picture. Um, and you can change it. And she puts, you know, Mary during May. And you know. like, yeah, like it's one of the thing that they can use to like, oh, what's the feast? You know, if there's a. Yeah. 
the feast of the day. And especially if you have company over, you can like, you probably aren't going to just have, Oh, I have that, you know, like Michelangelo painting framed already. I think I'll go yeah. put it up, you know, like, <laughs> but, uh, it, I don't know. That's, it's, it's really, it's really neat. Yeah. Um, and it is a television if they want to watch it, but it right. serves this other really good function. Oh, I time. love that. I love that. So one thing that is really important to us and, um, and since you have it in your book, I just want to talk about this for a quick second is hospitality. And, and that is so, so many people today. So, so many couples, when we travel around, we hear from people, people are looking for community. People are looking to get together with other people. And sometimes that can happen through church or school, but sometimes it just has to happen. Like it just has to happen organically, you know, like you got to make it happen, you know, and that involves Mm -hmm. people opening up their homes to other people. I don't know if you had any thoughts of like why that is so hard for people today. Why do you think that's hard for people to be, um, to just open up their homes? Not that people don't want to be nice. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be nice. Right. But right. opening up, having other people mm-hmm. in their home. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that or encouragement for those people. Right. Um, so we used to have a house that just wasn't conducive to parties, you know, hosting. Like if you had more than two families, like it was crowded, you know? Um, And especially a lot of our friends have a lot of kids and like, it just gets to be a madhouse. Um, So we really tried to just have one family at a time or, you know, just try to really be a good host on a smaller level, I think is a good place to start. Also, I feel like, um, and this is across the board, not just with like hosting and, um, cultivating community. But I think sometimes people get stuck like, well, my house isn't perfect. It's not perfectly clean. I don't know the perfect thing. Like, let me wait until I can get it clean. Wait until there's not like a little baby crawling around ruining things. Let me wait until, oh, I'm not big pregnant and I can, you know, make a good meal, whatever, you know. Um, And I think people get stuck in that waiting period and it's never going to be perfect. You're right. never going to be totally ready to consecrate yourself to Mary, or you're never going to be totally ready to have this big, you know, Corpus Christi feast day party, you know, where you want to invite, you know, everybody or whatever. Um, so I think people just get in their heads about it, you know, and, oh, well, they're not going to like this or my house isn't clean or, you know, I don't know. We have toys everywhere, but I think starting small is really great. I think. Uh, bringing a meal to someone shows a lot of hospitality and just, you know, you don't have to have it at your house. You can meet at a park, just inviting people. Yeah. I think the invite is a big, a big piece that can be done without, you know, being vulnerable in your home. But I I do think it's important to bring people to your home, bring people to your family um, to see the goodness, the truth and the beauty that you have strived to develop within the relationships in your family. Um, and you know, who cares what's on the counter or, you know, (laughs) if you have a basket of laundry, you know, somewhere tucked away, (laughs) um, I think you just do your best and let God do the rest. You know, I, I think that, um, as you look back just over the recent generations, you realize that a lot has changed when it comes to hospitality I think, you know, calling on someone used to mean you went to see them in person. You know, it didn't mean that you called them on the phone. Right. Um, 
And, and so we used to just be, uh, I think, more naturally oriented towards the idea of hosting, even um, on an unannounced, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, you, you know, like grand, I know my grandparents, they had like stuff ready and you weren't allowed to touch it because that was for company, you know, like, don't touch that. Don't touch the, you know, just in case somebody comes by, mm-hmm. I have cookies ready. Um, you know, that, that kind of thing is more, a lot more natural and common. <laughs> right. Well, I tried to do that. I bought like a bag of pistachios and like some nice cookies. And I said, David, these are for if we have company or something. So, you know, put the announcement out there. Don't eat these yet. Yeah. So, um, you know, but now that like with, with technology, how it's grown, um, you know, it's be all of a sudden the idea of someone coming over is becoming more of an obtrusive idea, right? Yeah. Um, because we want our own privacy, our space. You know, we. I just feel like we've become more and more divided as a as a culture, um, which is which is poisonous, right? Because um, as you know, we were talking about the family being this exclusive institution, right? That you know um, that flows from the exclusivity of marriage, right? I mean, there is no more exclusive um, institution than marriage, right? That me as a husband, I would say, I'm going to set myself apart from all other women, all other women just to love you, right? Mm-hmm. That I will, you know, I will be set apart. I will be sacred for you. It's a, it's a very exclusive thing. And, you know, that is not a popular word these days, right? It's like, oh, exclusivity. That's, that's just not PC, right? Like you should be <laughs> inclusive. Um, but it's really that exclusivity that gives it marriage. It's uh, so much of its value and its um, importance. So you have this exclusive thing called the family, and it's one of the ironies that actually the ex- exclusive family is not even oriented. Or the domestic church, which serves the family, is not even oriented towards itself. It's actually oriented outward. Okay, so. If we're doing all things well in the home, you know, we're raising our children um, to be good Christians. You know, I'm pursuing holiness myself. Well, what for? I mean, there's some like, okay, well, to serve God, right? But but why are we doing this as, you know, like, what's this experiment for? Um, and when you start to like play it out down the road, you realize, okay, I have four daughters. Presumably, some of them are going to get married. Um, I have a vested interest in that in the community that I'm in because I want them to have good eligible men to marry them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I cannot be an isolationist and just live my own life apart from everybody else. And, you know, like think that I'm doing this great job because um, it's not good enough. The family is not enough for itself. Um, And so it's when you do all things well, that hospitality becomes this gift um, Mm -hmm. and it becomes this nation building uh, virtue where, um, and I mean that in a good way, not in like the warmongering nation you know, that, yeah, just, just so we're, you know, for the sake of clarity, right. Building the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, right. Um, that you say, or the kingdom you realize, okay, we have all these great things. Sure. Yeah, that too. I mean, I'm, I'm all about that one, <laughs> but that you say like, Hey, we have all these great things come and share the goods that we have. Right, and that you would welcome somebody else into into these goods and these the happiness that you have, and so hospitality is almost like these like bands of love that um, you know reach out to one another. You could think of it. You could also call it evangelization. Hospitality yeah. and evangelization really are the same thing. 
Um, and so without the virtue of hospitality, you just have these families who are islands. Yes. They're just totally separated from each other. But when you introduce that virtue, all of a sudden, now you have a community. You have a thriving, you know, um, group of these families who are now forming a body of Christ, right? I mean, it's it's the same analogy. It just keeps playing itself out over and over and over again. Um, so, uh, the but the virtue of hospitality, like we we mentioned back with order, you have to have order in order for hospitality. Um, like, if you, have you ever been to somebody's house where it was like you just very obvious right away? There is not. There's a lot of disorder going on. It's almost like a, a weird form of like uh, domestic abuse, you know, that you would invite someone into your house and that it's like you're like abusing your guest just because like it's kind of awkward the whole time and you know, like they're trying to help, but right. Yeah. And it's like, thanks. And like, you know, you leave and you're like, I hope we don't go back there. You know, I, you know, it's like, and that sounds kind of rude, but um, when you, when there's not order in the home, it literally, that disorder, it, it um, just, it's all over the place. It just multiplies. And so that's why it's important to have order to start with the primary relationship, husband and wife, you know, mm-hmm. you guys have to be the first of first importance to each other so that you can love your, cause if it's not, if you guys aren't there together, you're not going to be able to love your children. Well, Okay. And if you can't love your children well, then you're not going to be able to raise them well. They're not going to be, you know, it's just going to be chaos upon chaos. So order really is, uh, I, I think, the like most important thing to think about. You know? mm-hmm. Well, and, and it really touches, but in the idea of orderliness and, and of hospitality, something that we've been saying a lot recently is that the, the, um, the outward nature of it, in that there's this exclusive relationship, but there's this outward nature where the Catholic family has what the whole world is looking for, right? You know, we are these little uh, outlets mm-hmm. of light in a very dark world. Yeah. And how do we do that? How do we effectively evangelize as a family, which is a great note for us to end on today. Yeah. But it's just like, your family has mm-hmm. something so great. And the more that you can, you know, step into you being who you're supposed to be as a domestic church in your prayer life, in the orderliness of your home, and inviting people in, right. they're going to get a taste of heaven, sometimes right. literally. Right. Um, but, you know, that. but it's mm-hmm. just like, this is the, the yeah. uh, that we have in our home. And I think that we too quickly forget in the, the craziness, the messiness, the busyness uh, of, you know, raising these kids and all of that, that actually a lot of people are hungry for what we have. Yeah. And and that hospitality, whether it be another family, mm-hmm. whether it just be, you know, a, a soul looking for a deeper sense of what is real, what is true, what is good and beautiful. So, so thank you so much for distilling all of that into this nice little book here. And um, yeah, and it was so wonderful to have you both on the podcast. And I hope everybody, so when people want to buy the book, if you can just tell them real quick about your website or how they get it from Ascension or where should they, where should they buy it? Yeah, you can get it on ascensionpress.com. You can find it on Amazon. Um, you can, there's a link to it at the, from the catholicmanshow.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it just about anywhere. Awesome. Awesome. Right, perfect. Well, thank, so thank you guys again for, for joining for us and, uh, and being a part of this. And well, I know we'll, we'll continue to have conversations in the future and yeah. love what you're doing both with the Catholic Man Show and now uh, this book. Uh, so God bless you guys. And please pass on to the other uh, couple, you know, uh, Adam and Haley to our <laughs> thanks for both writing the book and for the service 
and love that you guys are are, are giving the world. Yeah. God bless you. Hey, thank you, Mike, Alicia. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, that conversation. Uh, and we are we're blessed to have good friends like that, right? People around the country who are doing awesome things. Uh, so really take a, take a moment and look at the catholicmanshow.com um, or living beyond Sunday. Um, great, great resources for you and your family. And again, remember this is our, our big uh, kind of once, once a year uh, appeal for support from our listeners. We really appreciate you taking the time to consider supporting and joining our team. We have lots of fun uh, resources. One thing we failed to mention, but that our our membership to the Messy Family Neighborhood, which is a community of uh, like-minded um, families, parents just like you, uh, if you want some great support, encouragement, prayer, as well as small groups and and ways to build community online and share and and grow as uh, couples, um, we do monthly date nights as well as a lot of other stuff. Uh, you by becoming a monthly supporter. Uh, of $25 or more, you automatically get a complimentary membership to uh, the Messy Family Neighborhood. So anyway, so please visit us at messyfamilyproject.org slash give uh, to consider and look at all the ways that you can help support us. And if we didn't say this already, we've actually launched our new website. Um, And although we're still fine-tuning some things, the website looks great. We'd love for you to take a look at it and give us your feedback. There are probably some typos here or there or some links we need to fix. So uh, feel free to to let us know. Uh, But take a look at it and let us know what you think. Um, And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.